Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating in listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. finish out the brutal month that is July from uh, the frying pan into the skillet as they say because we got another another quite testing month coming up but uh, nothing but uh, to look up from here I guess really man nothing nowhere but up to look rather uh, we are still fighting on the cusp fighting for that playoff spot fighting for a huge win in uh, our year one of sanctions. And we're going to get into to all this in a little bit of time, man. But uh, how have you, what's up, man? How are you doing? Good, man. I mean, like, like you said, looking forward to getting out of this month. Uh, you know, you got to play the best, beat the best to be the best. And uh, I, I, yeah, I'm not too disappointed with the showing we put in this weekend. You know, we'll, we'll get into it here and, you know, have some fun with it. We got another tough month coming up and, uh, Either our dreams are going to be crushed or we're going to be ecstatic. So either way, coming to a close, it feels like it's coming real quickly. Oh, well, it's good to hear that, uh, you know, you're, you're not taking it as hard as us. <laughs> so many, so many of the fans on uh, on social media and whatnot. But yeah, you know, it's, uh, let's just get out of here, man. We're looking at uh, three wins, one draw, and one loss right now. Um, as it stands, man, I really... No, what I say, <laughs> sorry, that's that's way off. Sorry, we are one win, three losses, one draw. Man, I would have loved it if that was an accurate statement. So we definitely need to try and get uh, a win here in our next game. But welcome everyone to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington, joined by Mister Than Harrington. As always, man, anything new with you? Nope. I mean. Just really glad I didn't make that drive. I, I know you and I were talking about. I was thinking about going. Would have had both kids and the wife. And uh, right when we were getting ready to leave, I looked at the real field. And it was like one oh two in the Bronx. So I'm like, mm. <laughs> nope, <laughs> not doing that. Nice. Um, you know, and it was kind of funny. You know, having it being uh, Tati's last game, there was actually a lot of decent tickets for pretty cheap. So I'll cross Yankee Stadium off my uh, bucket list at some point. But this year was not it. Yeah, it was uh that was a that was a hot day even down here and I know it was probably really really muggy up there. Uh but yeah, man, you know, hey, what do you do? They're the MLS Cup champions, man. You know, you can't overreact like all the other fans. This was I didn't I, I watched it, right? I mean, I was obviously out of town uh at the Chelsea game, which I'll tell you what, didn't go any better than uh than the Inter Miami game. Uh, well, unless you're an Arsenal fan, then it went absolutely uh, phenomenal. But I was able to, to catch this game. I uh, only saw like a little bit of it on my phone as we were going to the uh, Camping World Stadium, but was able to rewatch it. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, like we had some moments in there. You know, we had some moments uh, where we switched off for a bit, and, and it's all right. But we'll, uh, we'll get into that, buddy. Why don't you, uh, why don't you kick us off here? And, uh, and we'll work our way down this uh, lovely, lovely outcome. All right. Well, if you live under a rock uh you would not know that we lost two nothing to nycfc uh lineup was pretty much what we thought it was going to be uh knowing we had some issues with low and bryce duke and no coco jean yet uh leo campana down with the injury uh so lineup was calendar mcveigh sailor gibbs and yedlin uh Mota playing that, you know, pivoting spot again. Pozuelo and Gregory, Vasilev, Gonzalo, and Robbie Taylor. Uh, when that lineup came out, I mean, like I said, I was I was 
50-50 on it. I knew it wasn't going to get any better than that. Definitely couldn't get any worse. But if you're ever heading into a game, especially against the reigning MLS champions, with two goalkeepers on your bench for the game, <laughs> it's not going to be a good time unless you have, like, super subs. Um, but, yeah, like I said, not overly disappointed with that lineup. Yeah, it's tough, right? I mean, we're talking about Damian Lowe, who is the the leader, the captain, if you will, of our back line. I mean, a crucial, crucial piece to our defense. We're also missing um, Bryce Duke. And, you know, even if you want to argue that Pozuelo gets to start regardless, you know, Bryce has been a, a nice piece that has not only made an impact when starting for us, but has come off the bench and made an impact. So we knew that that, that wasn't uh, going to happen. And then, of course, you know, Lasseter still down. Uh, he should hopefully be back fairly soon. I know they said he was like a week out. But that was probably what I don't know, like a week and a half, two weeks ago. My dates are all are all blurring. So I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, bud. This is about as best of a lineup we could put out. I think there's a really big misconception with some of our fans that might not really know the all the players on the first team, uh, or you know, like watch IMCF two. Right? We're not deep. We're dealing with sanctions and we're not deep. So you talk about injuries, you talk about yellow card suspensions and you know, it can hurt. And, and you mentioned, I, I didn't, you know, I mentioned last year, of course, and we're, we're out Campana, right? Our leading goal scorer. And we don't really have anyone else. That's a, a sure thing in terms of a goal scoring threat. I mean, Iguain's the second best one we have, and he is half the goals of Campana. So, I mean, it, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. We, we if, you don't have someone else to, to score or a lot of threats in the attack. I mean, this is kind of the result. You're going to grind it out. Hopefully you can get back in it. But, I mean, this is uh, this was expected. Well, I, you know, talking about the lack of depth, if, if you don't follow as closely as some of us do, Noah Allen ended up getting minutes towards the end of the first team match and flipped the script the next night and was starting down for Inter-Miami 2 against NYCFC 2. So, I mean, if that doesn't prove you that we have a depth issue, I don't know what will at this point. I mean, Sean Hundahl was was brought up to possibly play. He didn't get out there. Um, but then he turned right back around. He was back down for Inter-Miami 2 as well. So, we got our young guns pulling double duty. You know, we really need this injury bug to uh, subside pretty quickly or it could be a rough... Uh, finale for the season. I I agree. I completely agree with uh, with everything you're saying there, man. And uh, you know, hey, we'll, we'll we'll look forward, and uh, we know that we're going to have at least um, Damian Lowback as well as uh, as Bryce Duke for this next one. But yeah, man, it's a uh, it can be very tough at times. And when you're lean, you know, lending players like back and forth, like even Noah going to I IMCF two. Was that because, you know, there's also a little bit of a lack of depth on there. We're just trying to get him back to uh, to fitness. Uh, Sean Hundle did get his second, uh, like, short-term loan, but same exact result as the first one. Phil doesn't play him. I thought Gonzalo looked fairly good in this match. Um, attitude seemed seemed quite well. He seemed to be moving a, a bit more than, you know, we were accustomed to in the, in you know, last season. Uh, but man, like why, why bring him up if you're not going to give the, give the kid a shot. And then I know I was we were talking about the overreacting fans in the, the Barcelona game and specifically around like, you know, Harvey Neville and Romeo Beckham. And I was like, like who else should, should have got playing time. And then, um, you know, I was discussing this with like Peter Brown and, and Ed, they were, they were doing their show football, Miami TV and, uh, the conversation got around it as well. And, and someone said, you know, said something pretty obvious, like uh, Sean, Hon Sean Hundle should have got some time. And I'm like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I actually completely agree with that. Um, I think you and I both like Sean uh, as far as, you know, some of the uh, best players we have on, on the second team squad. But you never know, man. You got to get the guy some, some experience. Well, and, you know, I, I know I touched on it. You touched on it. We were half joking about it. But it was kind of head-scratching for me to see Phil bring Jovan Jones out in the attack. Like we, we, we've been joking about seeing him down there at the striker spot in inner Miami yeah. too. And then all of a sudden he comes out and I'm like, wait, bring Sean out. No, you, you have Sean, bring him out. Uh, I, I mean, 
I'm, I'm not going to sit here again. We're not going to overreact. That's not who we are. But at the same time, it's that that one right there doesn't bode well for the fan base confidence, at least in my opinion. Yes, Joven Jones brings a veteran presence to the field when you need it the most. But you got to let the young gun run. Let him go. Let, let him let him get some meaningful minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we concede a goal in the first half. Looked like we were going to concede two. They actually finally did call call one offside. But even this first goal was a, a bit controversial. A lot of people think Pozuelo was fouled. A lot of people think, um, you know, Maxi Morales was was offsides in this. But not to spoil it, like, we, you know, we had some chances to, to draw level. And Robbie Taylor just continues to impress with his footwork. I like this little, this little, you know, kind of kick, stop, go action he's doing. And he kind of reversed it from um, the goal he had against uh, Charlotte where he like kicked it back to his left foot, kicked it again forward instantly and got right around the, uh, the right back to, um, you know, he had a shot. He hit a wide, difficult shot. Moda was in the middle complaining for the ball, but like on a breakaway like that, you're, you're going to take the shot and, and try and get off whatever you can. I don't think he even saw Moda making his, his late run in there, but why don't you walk us through the, uh, the goals in this one? All right. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a cagey affair to start. Uh, I was actually kind of impressed how well the team came out and, and responded to playing on the tiny field at Yankee Stadium. Uh, but you knew being a magical night in the Bronx, you know, Tat- Tati was going to have his his way. He was going to put some impact on the game. 13th minute, Tati found Maxi Morales with a through ball. Again, we can talk about the controversy all we want, but I think just for our sake, we're going to move forward on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Maxi was able to, I think he nutmegged Kieran Gibbs, if I remember correctly, and just put it past Drake. He nutmegged uh, for the Drake. initial goal. It went right through Drake's legs. Oh yeah, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. he nutmegged Drake. So I mean, which I think Drake in that instance thinks you're probably going to go high or try and chip him. So I, yeah. I don't even think he was considering just a, a really low driven ball, like a little worm burner, as we call him. But it, it went right through his legs. Well, especially if you watch a lot of the the strikers nowadays, they're going to go at you from that angle, and then they're going to try and bend it back far post on you because they know you're not going to have the the coverage to get back there so i mean it's not one of the ones that you and i usually celebrate from the opponent i, I mean we, we appreciate would be the better word not celebrate um but i mean eh, is what it is yeah i mean like uh, I, game- I respect maxi quite a bit actually like I, I really do like him um i think he's, he's he's a creator and he's an attacker and he's an exciting player to watch uh, and I mean, this is just one of those goals where, you know, like, Hey, he's one of the guys who can do it to you and uh tough, tough goal, you know, cause yeah, you, like you said, I mean, you're pulling a bag, you try and go up top or, or go near post and he just goes right through his leg. So a l- little tough, but we move on. Yeah. Um, after that, you know, inter Miami seemed to respond a little bit. Uh, there was a lot of times we were on our back foot, but it was funny to me. I noticed Kieran Gibbs was getting up and being able to run Scott free pretty much up his side to the point where he was getting some pretty decent shots on goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of these times gives is going to score one of these, uh, you know, you already touched on Robbie Taylor had a couple chances. Uh, Pozuela put in some beautiful balls that like just missed a foot ahead or behind. Uh, at that point, I kind of conceded at least half myself conceded that it wasn't going to be our night, but the other half was like, all right, we just need to get to the 85th minute. And here we go. This will be our game. Yeah. Right. Um, but 75th minute, uh, there was a low cross. I believe it took a deflection off of uh, of uh, Sailor. And it found uh, Haber, who was just in the back, right place, right time. He, he headed it in. Uh, I think he headed it in. And it was just, I don't know, it doesn't matter. It was a goal that broke the camel's back on that one. Uh, and then... NYCFC went into Burnley mode, played Burnley ball for the last uh, remaining minutes of the match, and that was it, 2 nothing. Yeah, I mean, look, this game, you know, opened up a bit. Um, we, we had our moments. We uh, we had our moments. Uh, Eber is going to be the heir apparent to Tati Castellanos. I think him and, and, and Talos Magno will be the, the ones who kind of fill that void and I would assume they probably try and bring in another maybe DP level or, uh, you know, maybe high high tam level type of, of striker into the mix here. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that, that caught my eye and, um, you know, again, I, I didn't watch it, you know, real time and, and wasn't really interacting with everybody like like we usually do during game time. Uh, but Pozuelo, um, 
like you know running all over the place but but not really too involved he had a few moments where you know he was uh he was silky smooth but for the most part feel like he never really became part of the game and that's definitely something that we need to to see happen right he's our he's our shiny new toy we all know the quality of player he is at this point mvp level um and you know like what second like real game playing you know it's, it's going to take some time but hopefully he settles in gets his cohesion up with the teammates and we can really start to to get a little more lethal and clinical well, I attribute that too, though, and the commentating crew on Yes brought this up, that Pozuelo had absolutely tore NYCSC to shreds when he was with Toronto over the past yeah. few matches. Yeah. So they kind of leaned into the fact that, hey, they're going to target their defensive mindset and pressure to Pozuelo, knowing that we're going to rely on him to get our attack moving. And honestly, they did a good job of isolating him, frustrating him, not giving him the space to work with a purpose. Um, and yeah, I mean, as much as I hate City Group, and I don't think that's a secret to anybody. I mean, they came in with a plan, they executed it, and that was it. That's all she wrote. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, update with some stats, bud. All right, so we're going to go Inter-Miami to NYCFC. Uh, possession was 54-46. Uh, we got outshot 11-18 to with shots on goal 4-6. to uh, We outpassed them 631-534, to so it was a very fluid game. The ball mm-hmm. was flying all over the, par- uh, all over the park. It was definitely a fun one to watch. Corners was 3-4. to Equal on saves, 4-4. to Fouls were 8-7. to and the one stat is we always only care about was that yellow card. It's one nothing to us. Um, yeah, I mean, for no, me, one, one like nothing Cincy. I mean, what am I talking about, Cincy? <laughs> NYCFC at the at the yellow card. My bad. I yes, they did. All right, so we lost that. So we look at that. We didn't even win the yellow card battle. That's 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 that's, that's, that's frustrating. That's always ours. That's the one yeah. thing we can rely on. Yeah, I mean, at least it wasn't a red this time, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, so looking back at it, like I said, positives from the match, we were flowing, we were moving, we were running, we were gunning, we were, you know, we looked like we could do something. Um, we just never, I, again, I don't want to overuse the phrase here, but moved with a purpose. We, we never... This would have been Campana's game to get one of those balls that flew into the box and just dunk it in. Even if it doesn't get past Sean Johnson, even if it gets a deflection, you know, that could have been just a game changer in itself. Um, Positive, you know, again, Gonzalo, he looked great. I can't believe I'm saying that. But he moved. He ran around the box. Uh, He he was, uh, dare I say, coaching up players while he was on the field. Like, instead of throwing the hands up, and he did a few times, but, you know, if there was a, a ball that was made, he was clapping, putting the thumbs up. Uh, he was he was doing what he could to get the team out of a sticky situation. Um, and obviously the negatives were just the apparent lack of communication between the squad that showed up for uh, the defensive back line. Uh, it, it's clear that they don't play a lot of ball together all the time. Um and I'm not saying that Lowe is like that magical cure-all to that line, but as you alluded to earlier, he is that captain. He is that calming presence. He is that X factor out there. Um, and I guess the only other negative I would bring from the game is, is Yedlin's play. Uh, it, it's really easy to be critical of him. You know, he was like some, someone that was supposed to come in and help ease our defensive woes, help be a leader, help, you know, do do everything that we lacked on the defensive line. And he just kind of fell to the shadows this past week. He just, he was there. That That's all you can really say. Yeah, and one thing that caught my eye, especially in the first half, and, and like Mota finished with, with not a bad passing accuracy percentage. It was like 90.6, but... He made some some pretty bad passes in the in the first half. I was just like, "What do you what are you doing? What are you, what are you trying to do over here?" So, yeah, a little tough. But again, man, I mean, we're we're really missing some of the the key players in in the squad. So we will we'll look to change that uh, this week because at least you know the opponents get a little get a little easier. But uh, you know, hey, 
this is an interesting year uh, for Cincinnati. So, so uh, you know, we'll get into that. But before we do, man, let's uh, let's break down some uh, some power rankings and where we currently stand, where our competition stands. All right, man. Well, fresh off the presses from MLS.com, power rankings are out. Twenty um, second, we're down four from last week. Um, you know, you and I keep touching on this. We're a little harsh. They're a little harsh on us when it comes to rankings. You know, we could have a a three nothing win against NYCFC. I think we would drop four. You know, <laughs> yeah. we seem to hover right around that like eighteen to twenty five mark. That's just our like our comfort zone, or what I guess what we can call our home. It, it seems to always be uh, right in there. Yeah, uh, no, I, I I agree. I I live for the day where all of a sudden we jump to the top ten. I I don't know what I'll do then. Um, but anyways, so who are we currently behind? Uh, Houston's in 21st. Charlotte is in 20th. And Toronto is in 19th, who we will definitely be talking about here in a few, in a few minutes. Uh, Colorado uh, is behind us in 23rd. Atlanta is in 24th. And Vancouver is in 25th. Um not really too shocked about any of the teams that are around us. I don't think we deserve to be ahead of any team in particular, or, you know, I don't think any team should be leapfrogging us. Like Toronto <sighs> just did. <laughs> Give them yeah, two Italians, well, one win, and all of a sudden, boom, they're up there. Yeah. Top 20, well, don't, baby. don't, don't steal my thunder. No, we're going to talk about it in a bit. We're okay. going to talk about it in okay. a bit. My bad, my um, bad. But, you know, getting through the power rankings, Jay, why don't you walk us through the Eastern conference stuff? Yeah, so uh, you know, currently sitting in 11th place in the Eastern Conference with uh, with 25 points. Um, still, yeah, I think we both expected a loss here. Like, let's be honest. I don't think we were expecting to go up to NYCFC. We're not really good on the road, and then of course beat the the reigning MLS Cup champions. Uh, but you know, still still compact, man. Um, and this is what makes it. You know, really, really exciting. But uh, we're currently behind Charlotte. They have uh, 26 points, but uh, notably they also have played one more game than us, so one game in hand. Uh, Chicago is uh, now ahead of us. And, uh, I mean, as much as that kind of does hurt, it's good to see them getting back to to Chicago-style play. Uh, they're in ninth place, uh, 26 points. Notably, also have a game in hand and the new England revolution are in 10th, which is just above us with 26 points. However, they do not have a game in hand. So we are uh, level right there as far as games played. Uh, but as you notice, the three teams above us all had 26. So depending on how this next week goes and some other love from around the Mount Olympus of soccer gods, we could have a little substantial jump here. I mean, we definitely could. And I actually had to double check myself as I was writing those notes. I was like, oh, Charlotte, 26. Okay. Chicago, 26. Wait. New England, 26. Like, what, wait, what the hell? And it just happened to work out that the wins and the, and the ties were, were just enough to make it so we're yeah. sitting in 11th. Yeah. Like, and, and, and that shows you. I, and one thing I wanted to say about that, and I know there were some folks complaining amongst our very well-versed fan base, but this is what makes this league fantastic. This, like, I love a league like this. Don't give me a Bundesliga or a league one where PSG and Bayern run away with it every year by like 85 points. Give me, give me uh, a league where first and 11th are only separated by nine points and it's anybody's ball game until someone hits a perfect run of form at the right time. So, I mean, as much as we're saying it could be a rough end of the year, it could be a great end of the year for all we know. There's a lot of a lot of room to uh, maneuver here still. Yeah, I mean, I, like I think spots five through seven are going to be pretty contested throughout the season. Like the, the top three teams are, are, I mean, you can even say top four teams honestly. Like we'll go ahead and in, include Montreal. Like they're they're doing all right, but especially like Philadelphia with 42 points, NYCFC with 41 points. I do want to note though, so. Uh, right above Charlotte, sitting in the seventh spot, sitting right above the playoff line is Cincinnati, who we will be playing this weekend, and they have 28 points. So if we can go out, fingers crossed, get a win against Cincinnati, we would be basically level with them 
as far as points go. I'm sure we're still getting absolutely massacred uh, on the points differential. Uh, really only in the East Conference, D.C. has a worse goal differential than us. And then just to have fun, Western Conference, Kansas City sitting at the bottom with a negative 21 in Vancouver in the 10th spot with a negative 13. So it looks like three teams have a worse goal differential uh, than us. Now, who are we ahead of, right? Some other teams that are struggling. We're talking about Atlanta, Toronto, and D.C. Atlanta is in 12th with 24 points. Toronto 13th with 22 points. One game in hand, though. Uh, D.C. United in 14th place with 18 points. And they've only played 20 games. So we have a game in hand on D.C. I think the... I could probably speak first both here. I know I was just kind of making fun of the MLS power rankings, but Toronto did look pretty darn good with their new Italian friends. We're talking about Lorenzo Insigne, and uh, I can't remember what Bernadeschi's first Federico. name is. Federico or Federico? I believe it's Federico. Federico Bernadeschi. And um, yeah, man, and they came out. Bernadeschi got a goal. Uh, Insigne had an assist. I think Bernadeschi might have also had an assist, if I'm not mistaken. But that's, uh, I mean, good on them, right? I know it's been tough on on Toronto uh, these these past couple years, but that is something that we're going to have to keep an eye on and we're going to monitor because they can really close this up. We could have a bad game and, 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 you know, if we lose against Cincinnati and they win, boom, they're uh, they're going to jump us off goal differential right there, it looks like. So, um, yeah, you know. Here we are, though. This is what makes it fun. This is what makes it fun. Now, tell us about the uh, the Supporter Shield and where we're standing with that. Yeah, I mean, as we allude to almost every episode, this is pretty much a foregone conclusion. Uh, but we are sitting in 22nd place. Uh, we are currently behind Vancouver, New England, and Houston in 19th, 20th, and 21st, respectively. And we are ahead of Atlanta at 23rd, Colorado 24th, and Toronto 25th so yeah doesn't not too much discussion has to happen around this it, it is what it is it's pretty much a uh pretty much a foregone conclusion with this well at least they're being consistent with the power rankings and the supporter shield standings both at 22nd so props to that yeah uh but talking about rankings talking about stats talking about all this the one thing that we need to monitor for the rest of the season is the playoff predictions and we have the percentage brought to you by 538.com as of 724 when we did the notes for the episode it was at 23 percent likelihood that we would make the playoffs so we're not dead yet but the heartbeat's slowing i wonder i don't know exactly how all this is calculated that's probably too much too much maths for my head but like, I wonder how much it jumps. If, let's say, hypothetically, we do come out and, and beat Cincinnati, who has a pretty damn good squad now after suffering for, like, five years straight. Uh, like, I wonder what the percentage jump will be, right? So 23%. Mm, Cincinnati is only 30%. So something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, we'll, we'll track this throughout the end of the season. Uh, oh, man. Go up to the top here. LAFC, NYCFC, Philadelphia. All with above 99%. Often FC, Austin FC with 99%. And then the Red Bulls with 96%. Montreal actually 94%. Then a then a pretty steady drop off to a, to the 70s. You know what's pretty crazy? As bad as both Sporting Kansas City and DC have played, they're both not dead yet. Yeah. I'm Sporting not- Kansas City has less than 1% chance of making it, but they're not dead yet. And DC sitting at 3%. So, I mean, let's extrapolate further. So we're at less than 1% for a first round buy. We're at less than 1% for the supporter shield. And we're also at less than 1% to win the MLS cup. So let's find out what the odds are and just slap on a hundred dollars each just to have fun. I, I don't know if I'll be sleeping in my own bed if I do that <laughs> bet at this point. <laughs> but you know what? We've said it before. We've said it again. Making the playoffs would be the uh, the the ultimate goal for this season, I, especially after we were going to be left for dead. Uh, technically, by all accounts, we should be in D.C. United shoes right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we move on, man. So so we, we keep fighting, keep moving on. We got Cincinnati next. About to get into this, but real quick, uh, just to 
you know, kind of give a little uh, preview to what August is going to look like. So after we play Cincinnati, we're, we did get a pretty, you know, like San Jose, right? We feel, feel that's going to be a, a, a good game. We feel comfortable with that. We're happy we're playing them. But then it's going to just ratchet up and we're getting Montreal, NYCFC. Ran or the revamped new Toronto, and then we're going up to New York, which you'll be at that game to play the Red Bulls, and then we wrap up August with Columbus. So another uh, six game week, six MLS games. We had what seven total games this week, six MLS, and then not the week month, and then of course that uh, that one Barcelona game that everyone's still insanely bitter at and s- still thinks it was a, the worst decision ever by the front office. But whatever, grow up. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into Cincinnati, buddy. All right. So, uh, next match, we are playing Cincinnati at our fortress, Drive Pink Stadium. It will be played on July 30th at 8 o'clock. Who's Cincinnati? Thanks for asking. They were founded in 2016 as a USL side. In 2018, they were approved as an MLS expansion squad. This is insane to me, Jay. As a USL team, they average 25,000 fans per game, including a match against Indy 11 in 2018, where they had 31,487 fans in attendance for a USL match. Mm, that is, that is, that hurts. Yeah. That's insulting. And we're, yeah. what, pro- well, what's our average attendance? Like 12,000, 13,000? Because Miami fans yeah, are and, just toxic. And, that was on public's free recycling bag night. I, I, I assume, anyways. Um, but anyways, uh, they also in 2018 won the uh, USL regular season. They were poised to win the championship and got knocked out in the quarterfinals by New York Red Bull Two. Uh, so, I mean, they they weren't just a team that had a good backing. They were a team that had good backing and had a good product on the field. Um, by all accounts from when I was researching their USL years, it was, uh, apparently it was a fun time to go out and watch them. Uh, but anyways, 2019 inaugural season, they kicked things off. Uh, they play in the house that Breck Shea built, uh, TQL <laughs> stadium. Uh, they also played in, and I apologize if I get this wrong. Is it Nippert stadium? I like Nippert. All right. We're going to go with Nippert just cause you want me to say nip. All nip, right. Nip. Uh, the nickname Orange and blue. I double check, triple check. That's their nickname, the orange and blue. They lack so much creativity, like that mm-hmm. uh, that little chant video. Uh, yeah, it's cringe. It's uh, cringe. It's cringe. However, I like the orange and blue better than I do the pigeons. I mean, like, I like orange and blue if it is the same shade of, of Auburn. I hate orange and blue if it is that hideous combo the Gators roll with. So... What you meant to say was you love orange or blue if it's like the same shade that like Syracuse wears, and then it's okay if Auburn wears it, but Florida, I mean, the Gators suck. Let's just put it out there. <laughs> Getting back to football, uh, trophies won, as I said, they were regular season champs in the USL in 2018, uh, have not won anything in the highest level of North American football. All-time series versus us, we have won four times. We have never drawn. And since he has won one, which I do believe was the beginning of this season, was that not the beatdown we suffered early on? Yeah, that was the fourth game. Lost uh, 3-1. I mean, they got some, uh, you know, obviously they got like Brenner last season, really big money signing. uh, But they acquired Lucha Costa. uh, What am I doing? Lucha Costa. uh, I think, what, two years ago or something? So he's really coming into his own. Like, he's... He's one of my favorite players to, to watch in the MLS now. Dude is an absolute stud. Uh, also, Brandon Vasquez, who is really doing everything he can to, to make a case for himself to, to get a shot with the uh, the men's national team come World Cup time. He he can score. Brenner looked like he was wanting out and wanted to be traded back to Brazil. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he started balling and doing what everyone expected. And Lucho Acosta has been doing um, basically everything – there and in between incredibly 
uh, sharp, um, decisive, uh, gorgeous attacker, creative. I mean, I, I got nothing but high praise for him. So this is not the the same team that, you know, we played the previous two years. This is not the same team that's been struggling in the MLS since 2019. Um, as much fun as, you know, the, the league has uh, and the media has with FC Cincinnati with like back-to-back wooden spoons would have been a third, but I don't think they, they did one. Uh, was it last year or the COVID year or whatever? So uh, it does at least give hope to inter Miami who is struggling and under sanctions, you know, that it's never too late. It's never too late to, to, you know, get the, get the squad you need and, and, and improve and get the results here. But um, yeah, man, like it should be a fun game. I know we want revenge. Um, we had to go up to CQL stadium and, and lose to him, which was, uh, was tough. Everyone came into that game a bit cocky given our previous results uh, to Cincinnati. I'll say more so the fans being cocky or the analysts, the media stuff of that nature. I don't think the players were necessarily being cocky, but yeah, we want revenge here. Uh, should be a pretty exciting game. Uh, we do expect, obviously, we'll have Bryce Duke back. We'll have Damian Lowe back, so we'll be okay there. We'll keep our eyes posted on Ari Lasseter. Also keep our eyes posted on Campana. Uh, Don't really know the extent of the Campana injury or you know, if he's going to miss more time, I'll, I'll certainly look to, to ask Phil that in this week's uh, press conference. But those are definitely certainly things to, to keep our eyes on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, one thing I wanted to note about Brenner, and I didn't really realize this until I was looking at his stats. I think it was a couple of weeks ago for uh, fantasy, actually. Brenner is becoming a well-rounded player. He's not just the attacking threat they were looking for. I think he's equal in attacking and assists, which is something that I know he struggled with last year because they were trying to put a lot of the offensive burden on him. And so he was looking to be selfish rather than looking to link up with others. So I don't know. That's going to be something we're going to have to keep an eye out on. And then, you know, our attackers are going to have to deal with Nick Haglund. I mean, it's not really a household name, but I got a lot of respect for what Haglund does on the defensive back line. He's a stalwart that leads that uh, Cincinnati back line. He's been through it all. I respect the work ethic he has and just the uh, nose to the grindstone mentality that he brings out every single time. Yeah. yeah. No, he's sturdy. um, He's sturdy. And and, and just to to kind of piggyback uh, on your Brenner comments, like what was that NYCF? C game score what with his right score with his left score with a back heel. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that dude is really uh, becoming a, a serious threat. We'll see what happens, man. I mean, we've seen crazier things. Does a, a, a hot streak change his mind about maybe wanting to stay in the league or stay with Cincinnati? I mean, the front office probably doesn't want to let him go. They paid quite a bit of money for him uh, or does he go back to Brazil? So that's definitely something to, uh, to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one fun note I wanted to bring out uh, about Cincinnati is they're actually partnered with Hoffenheim in the Bundesliga as like a, uh, an exchange. I don't want to say like foreign exchange club or something like that, but like they have like a mutual program? agreement. No, it's more of like a, a mutual agreement. Like, hey, it's uh, helping expand the game in the U.S. and also hope, helping open up the Bundesliga to. Uh, to some some markets that might not be in as well as others okay. in the U.S. Uh, and then they are also partnered, and I think it's more of like what you were saying, uh, they're partnered with another club in Ghana called Heart of Oak SC. So, um, you know, good on them. They're expanding the football to different regions, helping the MLS get out there, and in terms helping other clubs get out there as well. Uh, flipping to the question that everybody wants the answer to, Jay. What is your match prediction for this game? I'm going to go 2 1 Inter Miami on this. I think that I think Lucho or, or Vasquez probably gets a goal, but I know we, we've been going against them, hoping for the best, but I really think we, we need to win this game. This is a not going to say must win, but a very, very crucial game uh, to, to win. And we're going against an opponent that has a lot of weapons now and can be very dangerous and can be very fast in their transitions. Uh, but I do think that with the players back, Pozuelo getting settled in a bit more. And I'm going to go ahead and, and, and base this on Campana coming back. If we can get you know our, our, our guy back, then I think that we have a serious shot at home to go 2-1. Now, question is, 
are these two goals going to come after the 85th minute? Or can we get something early on and just give us a little bit of a safety net here? I'm going to go 3-2 Inter-Miami. I am going to also go on and say that Pozuela opens up his bank account in this match. Spicy. And I'm also going to say that we go into the half down 2-1. Hmm. Hmm. Now, I know there's a lot of, you know, pulling pulling a rabbit out of the hat there and saying, oh, he's, you know, I mean, we could we could throw darts as a dartboard all we want. But this is why I'm saying that. If you watch Cincy play, they play hot to start. Look at the NYCFC game. They play hot to start, they get to half, and they fall apart. Or they think they're at halftime and then they fall apart. I think they get up two. 2-0, 2-1 on us. Uh, we go in the half, we make the adjustments, and then the boys come out and dominate the second half, and we go home happy with a 3-2 win. doesn't help goal differential, but it helps us in the standings. Also, notably, on the press conference on Thursday, Coco Jean, Coco Jean, which I would have to assume means that we have his visa completed. And so now we get a new toy. So now, I could see him being subbed on. I think we got to loan him out a little bit to to enter Miami uh, too, just to to get his his uh, you know experience. I know it's not the same as like the the first team MLS league, but at least kind of get him somewhat more accustomed and familiar. Uh, but this will be exciting because we are going to have uh, a new addition, which I'm not going to say he's Lucho Acosta, but. He he is pretty fast. He he can really thread in some nice through balls. He's quick and get to the on the end of balls. I think he's going to add another layer of creativity to the team. So keep your eye on that. We'll be updating everybody on Thursday, uh, real time as uh, we participate in the press conference. Check out Twitter for updates. Yes, but fair assessment uh, and very good point on you because you are absolutely right. They start hot and then they kind of temper down. So. And as you know, we start cold. Um, we really finish cold, and then in the last second, we just ramp it up. And, and it's kind of like it, it's kind of like a hot pocket. It's cold. <laughs> it's really cold. It's super cold. And then all of a sudden, where you think, okay, it might be okay, it's scalding hot, and you're going to the ICU because your you know your burns are all over the place. Like I, I can't believe I just compared our team to a hot pocket. Well. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was like a, or a chicken pot pie. You're like you're, you're going to burn your mouth 10 times out of 10 because yeah. we're impatient and we can't wait. And that's just the yeah. way it is. Yeah. Uh, so let's take a look across the league. Uh, you know, this week, I think I am going to be watching two games in particular. Uh, Montreal versus NYCFC. It's uh, fourth versus second in the East with Montreal, obviously in fourth and NYCFC in second. The big one for, for me and, and why I want to watch is it's going to be the first game without Tati um, between episodes, uh, between the end of our game and this current recording Tati officially was loaned out through the city football group, bullshit umbrella where he's getting loaned to Manchester city. And then he's getting loaned to Girona, but city's paying his wages and Girona get him for free. But then at some point he could come back to NYCFC. I don't know, whatever. I just want to see how the team, Responds, and then Toronto versus New England. We keep touching on this, but I actually watched the Toronto game. Let me tell you what: Toronto was bumping. BMO Field was absolutely el fuego. They were doing the Viking skull chant. They were doing, you know, the the, the supporter groups were getting the entire stadiums into it. When Michael Bradley went off for what I believe <laughs> is going to be goal of the week for him, yeah, that was fire. <laughs> like I even got cold chills. And, and you know, like you said, it's good for the league to have Toronto back moving and grooving. It's good for the league to have chip shots. Chip shots are good for the league, especially by the old man Bradley. He 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 probably felt like he was twenty two. I didn't like. I didn't know he could still move that fast. That man hit a burst. Well, I mean, let's be honest. You and I could have moved that fast in that atmosphere. Is that place? Well, like I said, that place was moving. Lucy walked in. She kind of peeked in. She goes, "Oh, I thought you were watching a Premier League replay because." That's what the stadium sounded like, and it was awesome. It was awesome to watch. Um, 
And the other thing I wanted to bring out real quick from that Toronto game, which kind of helps us in terms of the standings, is uh, Fuchs got that red card towards the end of the Toronto-Charlotte match, so he will not be available for their upcoming match, which he's that linchpin of a defense for a team that's floundering. So hopefully that ends up voting in our favor. But uh, who are you watching this week, Jay? You know, I'm, I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit here, right? Um, I'm going to give you the MLS game I'm watching, but there's uh, there's some other games I'm, I'm going to be watching that are, uh, I guess, not necessarily in the MLS regular season, but the game I'm going to be watching is, is Friday, LAFC versus Seattle. Uh, Seattle's obviously struggled quite a bit this season uh, after really committing to the CONCACAF Champions League, but they are, these are two of the, you know, best teams in the, the Western Conference have been for probably since LAFC started. Honestly, they just came in and, and were, were pretty dominant and effective right away. So that that should be a pretty fun game. But, um, you know, like tonight, by the time people hear this tomorrow morning, it'll be too late. But uh, the Canadian Championship is tonight. And uh, we're talking about Toronto and Vancouver. And, yeah, I mean, they get, they get a little hype up there for the game. So it should be a, a pretty good environment. But then, of course, man, tomorrow, watching our boy Lewis Morgan hopefully – uh, take down Orlando City in the U.S. Open Cup. And then on the flip side of that, uh, after that, so that's going to be at 7.30, at 10.30, Sacramento Republic versus Kansas City. Everyone loves, loves the underdog in the Sweet 16, hopefully making it to the Elite Eight, right? And and that's what this is. That's what this feels like. This is what the the, the beauty of these uh, domestic cups um are man is that anyone could win i mean statistically speaking the mls teams are gonna win but you know kansas city um been a little sketchy this season so this is really all they have yeah this is really all they have like they're gonna put all their eggs in the basket for this one but if sacramento can somehow pull this off the only thing that would be better than the new york just kicking orlando out would be if it was Sacramento taking Orlando down and winning the Open Cup. So that's uh, that's what I'm watching this week. That's what uh what I'm excited about. Dude, I still and I'm gonna bring you back a few episodes now. I still want my dream to happen where Lewis hits the goal like at the death, runs up to the camera, peels the top of his jersey up to has a white shirt that says Florida is pink. Like I'm still holding on to that. I w- I don't think would... his team would appreciate that, but that would be pretty mm-hmm. epic. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's our boy. Uh, no, jokes aside, though, Sacramento taking down Orlando would give us so much firepower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just at least we didn't lose to our USL side. Any ways? Um, let's look at a couple of the headlines across the league before we get wrapped up. Uh, Bale got on the uh, score sheet, opened up his bank account versus Sporting Kansas City. Uh, Press overhyped it. It was a good goal. Don't get me wrong, but it was not a world class. You know they're going to overhype so. that. You know they're yeah. going to overhype that. It was well, a, it was a like, good goal, la- but it, you're right. Yeah, but it was like last week where they were like, "Oh my God, Gareth Bale takes his first touches in the MLS," and it was like some pretty like I've seen Robbie Taylor, some of the guys make some of those passes. I'm like, okay, like it is it is what it is. Um, yeah. Anyways. Uh, Reynoso still injured from Minnesota, but Minnesota won without him, and they're currently unbeaten in six. Uh, so that's an interesting development for the Loons. There's not much in the way of uh, news from the team about how long he's going to be out for. I don't know. I just like it's tough, right? Reynoso, such a stud. And you don't want to see Reynoso get injured, especially when he's just having a, a great uh, you know, streak in the MLS. But is it, was it worth it? Was it worth murdering Everton? And I think it was. <laughs> yeah, I think it was yeah. worth murdering Everton. Like that, that was probably a, a big uh, booster in, in confidence for Minnesota, who have been playing quite well. I want to say they're, uh, I don't think they've lost since we beat them. I think they've, they've only won and drawn. Of course, you know. It's not the Minnesota podcast, so don't you know crucify me for not knowing the the exact stats. But they they've been really stepping it up. So you know, hey, if you got to murder an EPL team that a lot of people <laughs> like to make fun of, you got to do what you got to do, man. 
I mean, I think that's the one, well, one of the things that keeps us united in our uh, EPL channel and our Discord group is just our, our, our love to rip on Everton. I mean, they are the best team in Liverpool. Like, we can, we can all agree on that. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I don't know of another team in Liverpool, to be honest. I mean, unless it's like a beer league side, I haven't heard of it. Um, But, you know, we pick on Everton just as much as we pick on Spurs. So, gotta love watching them go down. Uh, moving on, uh, Red Bulls, as we previously talked about, they put out a statement win over Austin 4-3. to Austin was flying high, and the boys in red brought them to a grinding halt. And the most important and absolutely no, insane... No, 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 no. I'll take this one. Well, but let me, let okay. me lead into it. The amount of insanity that happened on my phone between 9 a.m. this morning and 3.30 p.m. today over this piece of news between going here, going there. Oh, no, Fabrizio says he's going over here. Nope, Seattle has his discovery rights, blah, 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 blah. It was insane, but go ahead. Take your boy. So I got to do it, right? I feel the responsibility of this, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. But the, the Luis Suarez saga is over. He is signing with, with Nacional, um, which I know he, he's pretty excited about. So, uh, you know, it looks like uh, he won't be coming as I thought that he was going to come so that we could uh, secure Leo Messi. But he is uh, going back to Nacional where he really started his, uh, his career, um, really put himself on the map there before moving on to some bigger clubs. So he is signing with them. So it's over for now. It's over for now. We can still get him in the winter window. Don't give up hope. We can still get Luis Suarez come winter time. Okay. But it's over for now. I don't see him coming, dude. I mean, listen, if you had your chance to go to a project like our squad or to return to your boyhood club where you got your start, to be able to play for the team that really launched, I shouldn't say launched your career, but in the way they did, because, you know, their, their, their academy has really pushed him to what he is. I, I would take this all day long. I mean, it, it, maybe it's just me not wanting him to ever come here. Um, but, hey, you know, good for him. Glad he is not coming our way. But if you weren't paying attention, go on Twitter. Look at the absolute chaos. It was it was Nashville. It was Seattle. It was NYCFC. It was LAFC. And then all of a sudden, Seattle held his discovery rights. And then maybe Inter Miami was getting back into it. And then all of a sudden, no one was getting into it. And then and then and then. So uh, you know, spare the details. But go ahead and take a look on Twitter. I'm sure it's readily accessible. Yeah, it's, it's um, over for for now. No, it's 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 over over just like Messi's never coming here um inter miami news uh the inter miami two side drew nycfc two two to two mm-hmm. a lot of twos in that uh hundal and borglin actually scored within three minutes of each other there's actually a really nice uh I don't know, they, they were getting pushed around a little bit. It was 2-0, and I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll turn it on for a couple minutes. Uh, Hundal went up the field, scored a beautiful one, and then they caught NYCFC napping, kind of like Morales caught Calendar with like a little quick dink between his legs to score. We flipped it on them. Uh, it's a good match. Uh, it helped keep them in pace with the top four clubs in the MLS Next Pro. Uh, their next match is actually the day after ours against... FC Cincinnati, too. Uh, they are currently, I believe, fifth out of 10 in the MLS Next Pro standings for the Eastern Conference. And it is a four team make it into the playoff situation. So they're right there. They're looking pretty good. Um, it's not easy for them with the amount of times we loan from or ship people out like Eddie out to El Paso, Locomotive. So. Uh, you know, good on them. I hope they keep moving forward. And, uh, you know, keep keep being a bright spot for you know the academies and everybody else because definitely doing better than last year when they were Fort Lauderdale FC. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, sometimes it's, you just need a rebrand, you know, and then it's a clean slate. You get it off. You get it off right. We'll bring us home with uh with only fans, man. But keep your shirt on this time. I don't know if I can do that. It's uh, it's almost like I have to take my shirt off now. Uh, so question number one, Jay, and this is actually from last week and I didn't see this. So I, I just want to preface that 
Do you think the Baptist Health has an agreement where they take all the heart attack patients from the final minute winner games at free or reduced pricing? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Insurance will yeah, cover, I mean, but the club will. It's fine. Yeah. Um, well, there's a game coming up against San Jose, as we already touched on, 10.30 p.m. 10.30 p.m. kickoff. I know my answer. Are you staying up to watch this game? I'll stay up to watch that game. I but, uh, let me find. Uh, where are we? I got to figure out what day it is. Is it Saturday or Sunday? For what? For the game. For the. Um, I'm fairly certain it's a Wednesday match, dude. Oh yeah, it's probably yeah. That's right. There's six games. There's gonna be some midweek games. Let me just. Uh, let's just double. Oh gosh, on a Wednesday. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what's 8 3? Is that a Wednesday? I think that's a Wednesday. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. Yeah, I'm going to stay up for it because why not? Whatever. Okay. Well, th- right. Thursday will be a little rough, but it's fine. Yep, it's a Wednesday. 10 30, man. All right. Mm. So we're going to preface that now with Jay staying up and doing all the notes for this game because I will be in bed. That is. That is truth. That is facts. I'm too old. Yeah, for but this. you work up at like th- three a.m. Okay, you, yeah, you don't work. You don't wake up. You don't work up at, at normal people times. No, and like I, like today, I was three a.m. and I'm probably going to bed at like ten or eleven here. So but here's the most beautiful thing, um, man. You can watch replays on ESPN Plus. Yeah, that's that is true. Um, next question: When do you think we're going to make Campana a permanent signing? Now, there was rumblings that it's going to happen soon through a couple other uh, Inter-Miami outlets we may or may not know or talk to. Um, but w- how soon do you think it will be? Um, I, I think they'll, they'll, I think it'll happen before the end of the season. Um, but I still think, like, eight goals, impressive, yes. Uh, there's been games where he struggles as well. Um you know, there's been some goals of individual brilliance and there's been some goals where, uh, you know, is really driven by the service to him. Um, so I, I think we will, I hope we will, but I don't know if it'll happen until, you know, we're probably like the three quarter mark over the, you know, through the season. What do you think? I, I would agree. I also don't think I want to give a hundred percent committal to him yet until I see a, completely healthy Campana getting service from Pozuelo in the box and seeing how they both link up when they're both in full form. Not saying Campana doesn't deserve it. I'm not saying that whatsoever, but if we're going to commit the limited amount of funds that we have, we need to make sure we're doing it with the best interest of the entire team rather than, one individual player and I, I do like I'm 95% confident he's worth it but the other 5% of me wants to make sure we're spending that limited money in the right way and I think that's what it comes down to um right it's it's the commodity you you know the proven commodity and the the one that that you like and you can see a, a future for but I think there's probably going to be a shift in the front office and Chris Henderson to um building this team around Pozuelo, right? I mean, he's the, he's the, was the MVP in 2020. Um, we obviously, I think everyone who listens to this podcast loves, uh, Campana. Uh, but yeah, I think you got to wait a little bit. He's, you know, still he's, he's injured. We don't know when that's going to be completed or, or it will be back, you know, to full health rather. Uh, so just something to keep an eye on, but I, w- I would imagine this gets done before, before the season wraps up. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of have to, I guess I would hate that we say, you know what, we're going to see if you, you want to loan him back out and then they don't loan him and then they sell him. And now we're up, you know, we're, we're kind of up shit Creek, but I mean, Hey, that's what it is. Um, next question. If you could take one player from Cincinnati to play on inner Miami, who would you take and why? Uh, Lucho Acosta easily, 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 easily. He's versatile. You can play him in the midfield, play him on the wing. If you need to play him up as a, as a secondary striker, or actually just a strike. I mean, the, the dude can do pretty much anything from the midfield into the final third. Uh, that'd be like my obvious answer. Well, would you agree with that or you yeah, and someone else? Um, I'm 50-50 because are we assuming we're keeping the midfield as it is right now? Yeah. I mean, I would just say implement okay. them in, in there or throw them in on the wings. So I'm going to – I'm going to – 
give a different opinion on this one. I'm going to take Brenner because I think he can fit out on the wing, like you said. But we also have already touched on numerous times this episode how thin we are up front. If Campana goes down and Higuain retires, we have a young project to work on while we pay Campana, you know, decent wages and then allow Hundal and the rest of them to continue to get valuable experience here uh, down in Miami too. It also gives us a good rotation for, you know, cup ties and, uh, you know, rest breaks on, you know, a seven game, one month hell schedule. Yeah. So I, I'd see I, like, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't take Brenner. Like I understand he's had a, a, a few good games here, but like Brandon Vasquez has over double the goals that, that Brenner has right now. I mean, Vasquez is sitting on 11 right now. I, it, so if, if we're talking for, for someone like that, someone who wants to get into the, the U S men's national team, I'd go with that over what appears to be a disgruntled Brenner. Cause he definitely wanted to leave again. Like we don't know what his mindset is, but I'd probably, bank on Vasquez for more of the long term in that. But, you're going but, 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 but you have you have to consider the Brazilian connection. He he's gonna be down in Miami playing with the Brazilian connection. He's gonna be playing with folks that understand him. He's not I mean let's be honest. And it's no knock against Cincinnati. I know folks from there it's a great place, but it's not an ideal destination. Let's just let's just be truthful. I would like to see what he does down our way. Um I mean I I love Brazilians. You know that but I'm still taking the, mm-hmm. the guy is over Two times as many as many goals. No, no, I agree. It's just sometimes, sometimes you're wrong, and maybe one day you'll understand that. So maybe. maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, last question, and this is a. I'm going to forewarn you. This is a touchy one. Uh, I almost kind of left it out, but I wanted to get your opinions, Jay. What is your take on the level of toxicity that we are? Uh, currently in and 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 why do you think trying to be careful how i word it why do you think it continues to grow even as the team has clearly improved ever so slightly i would say but improved over the past season two seasons uh i mean like from my experience down here man this is just how like miami fans can be uh, a lot of times i mean it, it's you see it. It's like the same handful of people just constantly spreading negativity. And then, you know, when they win, they're silent. They don't have anything to say. I, I think it's just an attention thing and just a trolling thing. They probably think they're like looking cool, but really in the eyes of a lot of people, they look like losers. I like, I, you know, it's just, we're under sanctions. Like we're literally under sanctions and we have another year of sanctions and everyone's like acting like we should be competitive against Barcelona. Like if you actually thought we we're going to be Barcelona, then you are just so far like gone in, in La La land. And then to think that we're going to go up to like NYC FC with our, you know, record on the road, which is, is, is not great. And that's being generous with it. It, it, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what their expectations are. Uh, this is obviously, I think, as most rational people understand, this is going to be a trying time that we're trying to navigate our way through as best we can. And most people agree. Chris Henderson's done an amazing job. Phil Neville's done a pretty good job this season with working with what he's given and trying to instill, you know, some different values in this team that that have not been there in the in the previous two seasons. So yeah, of course, it's going to be difficult. But I don't know. It's just toxic. Like I, there are just there are those people in your life that you don't want to talk to when you're at a party because all they are is toxic. They're negative. They're pessimists. They probably think they're so cool, but the the actual reality is everyone's just like, "Yo, dude, like these dudes are losers." And I mean, it's really what it is. It's really what it is. Like, and, and I don't care. I'm not, I don't need to sugarcoat it. Like, grow up. It's ridiculous, man. Support your team. We're going through hard times. <laughs> but like it doesn't matter, man. They're not the ones that are in the 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 supporters uh, section screaming their lungs out, supporting this team no matter what, giving all of their energy to this team. They're just like these little guys that are like are on the the outside. They're like the outliers who just want some attention for themselves. So you know that's my take on it. Yeah, you know I would have to say, I think the thing that sucks is like after a loss, especially a loss that I wasn't feeling pretty, you know, any any type of way about. It sucks that you don't even want to go on social media 
Like yeah. it gets to a point where you know certain individuals or you're gonna see certain Twitter handles or 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 whatever are gonna pop up and be like, Neville out, this team sucks. Why can't this team do this? Why can't the blah 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 yeah. blah or they recycle the same articles like over yes. and over like article for like three months ago. <laughs> you know, yes. like who cares? Yes. And I mean I guess if 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 we're just taking the top off, we're not sugarcoating it, like get over yourselves. Grow the fuck up. Like you, I, I would, I would, I would probably go out there and say that these folks are the type of people that go to the game and tailgate, but have never actually stepped foot inside the stadium and actually watch a team play. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, you know, I'm right with that though. Like they probably don't even know. They probably couldn't name more than four people on the roster. If you took Gonzalo away from, them, they probably couldn't know, name three. Yeah. yeah. So. It's frustrating because you see so many other teams that are able to put all their heart and soul in a unified manner towards the team, like Austin. Austin, like I love what they do. Or Cincinnati. You, know? you just ran through the stats Cincinnati. of Cincinnati. Like yeah, as far Cincinnati. as their attendance goes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like look down at the USL side. I know we talked about them last year because they were one of my favorite teams to watch. Uh, we actually got a shout out from their cow mascot, uh, Forward Madison down in the USL side. They sell out every single night mm-hmm. they play. Like, s- stop the negative shit. Pull up your bootstraps. Come out and support the boys. Everyone was complaining Let's, that they they wanted a soccer team so bad, and now they have a soccer team. Yeah. It's like where you're nowhere to be to be seen. Like it, it even leads to the question: like, does this does Miami even deserve this? Like, I mean, the this team has, has brought so much to this community, and, and so you know, there's some people out there that just completely disrespect it. And it's fair to be critical. You know, you can be critical on a team. Phil's critical of himself. It's not like he's not and thinks he's, you know, the, the best ever. Like, yeah, I mean, are there some areas where we can improve and there's some areas where we can, you know, kind of criticize the team? Sure. But that doesn't mean that we're just going to do it, you know, every single day and then, you know, just recycle the same negativity. Just like, you know, they're pessimistic um, leeches. They're parasites. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, and, I mean, and I'm sorry. If that, if that offends you, I meant to. Cheers. Yes. If y'all like what we're saying, you know where to find us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I will exactly. gladly fly down to Florida and we can have a one-on-one conversation. But <laughs> we are going to end this on a little bit of a brighter note. Mr. Kington. <clears throat> yeah, bud. You're going to be a dad again, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I am. Yes. Yes. Thank yep. you. Little uh, little girl. I'm going to be a, a girl dad now. Uh in January, early January. So Chloe and I are uh, very excited. Quinn's also very excited. He's already setting aside toys that uh, he wants to give to his new sister. Although I'm not sure if she's going to want his, you know, monster truck toys. But hey, you never know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, you know, just tell Chloe that Lucy and I are expecting a January 5th birthday. So Riley and uh, the baby can share the same birthday there. Um, push really hard. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, well just just put that in the order sheet. Next like just make sure that the doctors know it has to be. Um yeah, exactly. but, but no, I know we missed it. Uh the announcement came out a couple weeks ago and I know we missed it with you know various scheduling and you know, when we get to this time of the podcast, we're like, damn, we just gotta wrap it up. Just gotta wrap it up. But I wanted to make sure we definitely got it out there. But uh well, I appreciate you know, with that but yeah, of course, man. And, you know, with that bit of positivity, why don't you go ahead and take us home? Yeah, man. Well, uh, we always appreciate everyone listening to uh, to the Inner Miami podcast. And, uh, again, shout out to, to La Familia, the real ones, the ones that support this team, show up and are positive and happy with everything this team has provided to this community. You're the real MVPs, the best to do it in the MLS. You can find us on Twitter at InterMIA Podcast and on Instagram at InterMiami Podcast. Shout out to our amazing Discord community. Go ahead and join that. DM us. We'll send you a link. It's in the link of, of all our, our shows or the bio of our shows. And uh, yeah, man, it's a good time. A lot of shenanigans daily, man. And, uh, you know, as we end every single episode, Bamo Miami. Bamo Miami. <laughs>